All right, so we made it through Christmas. This is our first recording post-Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and you survived? Yes. I survived. The house is just filled with shit that I don't know where it's going to end up, and just <laughs> packages from children frantically wanting to open this thing, and then this thing, and then this thing. Um, but it went all right from my end. The, the highlight of my of my Christmas, though, okay, was a moment in which I was so proud of my four-year-old. You'll know what I'm talking about here when I get there. Okay. So uh, th- their older cousin bought them virtual reality glasses. <laughs> and <laughs> my eight-year-old like decided to try them on and was wearing them. And my four-year-old decided to take the opportunity to pull his pants down and just stick his ass right in his brother's <laughs> face and just sat there for like three minutes with his ass just hovering right in his face <laughs> because he had these VR glasses on. Uh and it good. was pretty wonderful. Yeah. You saw the picture. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. joyous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize he was there for three minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, there's probably no exaggeration there. <laughs> it was just, That's commitment. It was just hovering. And yeah. yeah and it was the four-year-old, or I'm sorry, the eight-year-old, of course, thinks that he's saying stuff like he's pretending to be on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So we're laughing and he's like, oh, this is gold that I'm giving yeah. him. I'm going to keep keep going with this and he just keeps like getting super close to the four-year-old's ass and then backing up a little and then getting super close so we're dying so it's like a roller coaster ride yeah, for exactly. everyone yeah involved. exactly he's just flirting with the brown eye the whole time oh that's great. yeah uh low point was uh that i went to my in-laws again which me which again mm-hmm. i always make these big disclaimers okay but you remember the issue that i had was the brother-in-law's mother yes and the whole time, she she always comes up like with this new inventive way to be obnoxious. And this time, it, the moment that we, we happen to pull up at the same time, and she screamed, uh, what's your name, to my four-year-old. But she did it in a quote-unquote humorous way. So she was like, what's your name? So that went on for like the three hours we were there that she would just constantly do, what's your name? Did she make it sound vaguely like Asian stereotypy or are you affecting that trying to do the impression? Um, No, I mean, I don't know if that's really what she was going for. She was going for a high pitched drawn out thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to impersonate her, but I suppose it could definitely be, be, be heard that way for sure. Um, but it was awful, <laughs> just fucking terrible. The two, and it's really the same thing. The two positives that came out of it is that night I always wake up way earlier than the rest of my family. So I woke up, did stuff. So I made sure that my wife had known like I'm up and things are happening, but then fell back asleep. Okay. So I rushed into the room. Was like... Wake up, wake up, wake up. So she's frantic. Like somebody just fucking died in a car wreck. <laughs> to which I said, well, what's your name? <laughs> like 5.30 in the morning. The other time was mid-coitus. <laughs> I, I, I kept that in my head. And I was like, I got to do like this at some absolute, point. And I feel like I, that's a no-no. And I did it. And it was awesome. <laughs> Oh, I'm so was proud. it was it at the the coup de gras, so to speak? No, no, no. Okay. Well, not mine because they can't have them, right? Right. That's a, that's fiction. Yeah. <laughs> no, it 
it wasn't. Uh, no, but it was solidly in the middle there. <laughs> By the middle, you mean the end, because she was like, fucking get off <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, most importantly, though, did you get an answer to your hairbrushes? I did not yet, because I have yet to see my grandma. Okay. She was going to do um, uh, Christmas Eve, um, but she wasn't feeling well, so... Is she in good health? She's not in terrible health, but she's not in great health, and she lives like an hour away. Okay. So we, so we don't to either... need to be rushing this necessarily, no, but we need no. answers here. Okay. Like if you get the call and you're like in the hospital room, I need you to shove other people out of the way so they don't get their time so she can explain this to us okay. and bring a mic if possible. I'll try my best <laughs> to get my grandmother's last breaths <laughs> onto tape for the podcast. What, so I can have an explanation. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Is that too much? I don't think that's too much to ask. (laughs) That's why you're Russ. (laughs) That's what makes Russ. It's the it's the rustiness. Yeah, you know it's very rustic. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we did we did Christmas at at our place Mm -hmm. for the first time. Um, just had uh, her dad and my mom and stepdad over, um, and uh, Marianne cooked a freaking awesome meal. And we watched Love Actually. Uh, so that was going to be planned. You know, we did the 25 movies of Christmas. And so we planned whatever that last movie is. We're going to watch that during Christmas. And it was down to Love Actually and Elf. So it was either going to be her pick or my pick. Mm-hmm. And Christmas Eve, uh, she was like, all right, you pick the movie. And so I, I switched around, pulled out one. And I was like, fuck. It's Elf, which I'm excited because I get to watch Elf, but mm. I'm upset that we didn't get to watch Elf for the event. But yeah, Love Actually has got a little, little bit of uh, Rick Grimes in it there. Yeah, some mm-hmm, Rick Grimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Some Severus Snape. Harry Potter. Yeah, nailed it. Some uh, Bilbo Baggins. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the Hobbit. Boom! Look at me. I know what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it sounds like it worked out well for you. Yeah. A few years ago, I convinced my parents uh, to adopt uh, my Jewish in-laws approach to Christmas. Okay. Uh, which is they just have pizza Christmas Eve, and it's not like a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's more casual, right? Yeah. So, And it's just the immediate family anyway, and the grandkids running around and playing. So... Uh, it took a little bit of convincing. I think it took me two years to convince my mom that she didn't need to do the turkey and ham and everything. I'm like, you just did this on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it again for Easter. <laughs> just don't. Just let it be casual. Yeah. And uh, we've adopted that ever since. Like we've gotten subs and pizzas and things. And it's way better because you don't necessarily need to, especially with kids, it's hard to coordinate times to get everybody there at the exact same time. Yeah. So now they just show up in their pajamas and we kind of, graze from whatever pizza and and stuff like that and it's way more casual because i mean when when it's just you and you're not fiance hanging out Mm -hmm. you're not baking turkeys right no so yeah um i'm 
I thought it was really nice. It felt very adult. Yeah, no, it was no, no. Like, yeah. It was kind of like it was kind of like christening our house. I know you're not like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. No, I no, understand. no. It's it's more like having done that for so many years, yeah. but especially when it is just adults too. You mm-hmm. were talking about six adults there, or five adults. Yeah, uh, that's that's a different story. Yeah. Um, but for Christmas Eve, we went out with her dad and did Chinese buffet and The Last Jedi. Finally, got to see Star Wars. Uh, I was pretty excited. Uh, will you spoil that for me real quick? So, like, spoilers. Okay, sp- spoilers, I- spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, hit skip 15 seconds, like, four times. It's just, like, Mark Hamill becomes bad, right? Is that what everybody's saying? No. Okay, then I don't care. I know Harrison Ford died, and then they were talking about how Luke Skywalker, I thought they were saying he went bad or tried to end the, the Jedi or something. I mean, <clears throat> yes, but he doesn't go bad. Okay. Please do not overly complicate it. <laughs> I will not. In my mind, <laughs> the the three movies can be summed up with uh, black guy, Han Solo dies, uh, Luke Skywalker goes bad. Now I know all that I need to know about the three. Well, the first two are part of the first movie. Not in my head, they're not. <laughs> the third mm-hmm. movie doesn't come out for another two or three years. <laughs> so. Nope. Not in my head, they're not. And uh, so J.J. Abrams did The Force Awakens. He's coming back for whatever the the third or ninth movie, however you want to say it is. The guy who did this one is Ryan Johnson from Looper. Um, And now he's getting his own trilogy to do. So, I don't know. For a not Star Wars podcast that you've told us that like six times. Really? Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And at least twice. I'm a geek. I enjoy sharing knowledge and geekdom. So your geek is that, horror. That That's why you any, have a horror podcast. Yeah, but I find somebody that I was going to say cares, but that's not right. That's agreed <laughs> to pretend to care. <laughs> I have a that's, hostage audience, so <laughs> hostage captive audience. Yeah, they both sound bad, but somehow hostage audience sounds worse. It does sound worse, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have hostages. I have captives. <laughs> Give me a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> like you have semantics with yeah. the hostage. The kid, I'm not a, you're not a hostage negotiator. You're a captive negotiator. I don't know why I just enunciated that so weird. I don't know. I think I was going to say captivity negotiator. Captivity, but there's no hostage see. No, no, no. That's why I had to correct hostage see. Devils do? Devils do. Synopsis. Uh... The lady gets pregnant with the Antichrist. Overall thoughts? Uh, eh. Okay. So let me read my first uh, three notes here. Uh, starting off with a Bible quote. Now footage from a video camera. That's a one-two punch. Oh shit, is this a found footage movie? <laughs> I knew you were going to have that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I fucking hate this movie so much. Okay. And the main reason that I hate this more than anything. So wait, okay. Hold on. We need to get into the fact that you gave me the devil's inside Mm -hmm. and then swap to the devil's due Mm -hmm. because I want to know that whole story leading up to I hate this movie so much. (laughs) Okay. So I hate the devil inside. Okay. Um, (laughs) So either way, you were like, I hate, I need to give him something that I hate. I, I don't know if I, so spoiler for the devil inside, which I just rewatched. Um, and there's not enough meat on it for us to get into. 
Okay. Okay. But the spoiler is, and it it made it made waves in that it ends with a website. So there's it's a found footage movie, car crash, cut to black. For more information, please visit this website about these exorcisms. So. <laughs> I would have fucking hated that. That's why it was stuck in my head. Like I had mixed those two together. Like my hanger, my anger just sort Your of- Your hanger? Yeah. <laughs> Are you hungry? No. My my anger just mixed together and somehow I just put it all on Devil Inside instead of Devil's Due, which obviously the titles, they both deal, one's with exorcism, one's with, they're kind of the same thing, but uh, those negative feelings- devil in them. Yeah, those negative feelings somehow just attributed themselves all to that. Okay. That's the explanation about how I got confused. So my apologies there. All right. The biggest reason that I have such an issue with Devil's Due is the thing that is so... So I don't dislike found footage. Why are you giggling? Nothing. What's... <laughs> Your son just came down and scared the crap out of me. <laughs> just poked his head in here or something? Yeah. That's weird. See, he, did he leave? I hear him going up the stairs. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> He just looked at you and he's like, I'm leaving now. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with found footage. And it's kind of became a genre. Whether or mm-hmm. not it should be is debatable. But it's it's kind of become its own genre. So I'm going to call it that. I don't have a problem with that as a genre or a storytelling technique. The biggest issue that I have with most of them when I do have an issue is that you have to justify why they're recording. Exactly. So, some of them can do that. And it's usually when you get to the third act is when it's the hardest to justify, right? Because the buildup and the exposition, you could understand why they're doing it. Completely. The Devils Do can't even do that with fucking exposition. Make it believable that they're recording this. The entire time I'm watching this movie, I am like, why the fuck are you recording right now? See, I I didn't get that in the beginning. Because, like every found footage movie, you have a dude who just like, oh, I have a camera, this is my thing. Some people have hats, I have a camera. Like, I get that. Okay. You, I hate that, but I get it. And that's fine. But the question is, is what... One example, okay? Okay. And we, we're not there, we'll go through the movie a little bit more detail, but we're on this conversation right now. Mm-hmm. There's a scene like when they're getting into a cab and are kind of lost why the fuck is he recording them getting into a cab when they think that it is just getting into a regular cab okay even if you were making a documentary on any of the fucking thing you are not recording driving to location or a mundane lunch and that's what's happening in this movie sure i mean yeah that's what I'm talking about. So it's not even necessarily how they go about doing it. Because you're right. That is the conceit that you have to give most of them is dude decides he wants to record things. See, that doesn't bother me as much as things like when we get to the to the next movie. Like, there are definitely solid reasons why is this person still holding a camera. Um, and I, I don't feel like the beginning... I feel like the guy who likes to record everything is cliche, but it, it, I buy it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely, they definitely rang that for everything that they could. 
and that's why they had the the uh, security cameras installed, the secret security cameras. Yeah, exactly. And the, you want to start getting into it? Do you want to? Uh, okay, sure. Did you have something else? I mean, uh, for me, uh, including these two movies, uh, there have only really been two found footage movies, and again. I'm not a big horror guy, so I have I feel like most of them are in horror. Um, there've only been two that ever worked for me, and that is Blair Witch because it was not exactly the original, but pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chronicle, and Chronicle is like a superhero version of the found footage movie. And the thing that Chronicle does, they have the same thing. They have a kid who records everything because that's what he does. Um, but by the time they get to that third act thing where nobody, you know, nobody in the right mind is holding onto a camera at this point, they do it very publicly. Mm-hmm. And so everyone has phone, everyone has cameras on their cell phone. So everybody is recording them and they just swap to different phones and things like that. And I thought that was a cool way to get around that, uh, to get around that, that problem. Mm-hmm. And Blair Witch works because it's Blair Witch. You know, it's... You didn't have the... It wasn't a well-worn path. Plus, you know, it's a it's a documentary, which is why I think that the our second movie worked better than the first one as far as found footage. Yeah. Believability it, goes. Exactly. It's it's immediately a reason, and that's why a lot of these movies are, we're making a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, because it immediately gives you a reason to be recording what you're doing. And yeah. in general, those work better. Um. Diving in? Sure. Okay. Um, newlyweds. Hey, I like cameras. Sweet, you like cameras? Let's. This is our thing. Let, this is our thing now. Let's mm-hmm. get married. Let's go on our honeymoon mm-hmm. to Dominican Republic? Uh, Dominican Republic, Haiti, somewhere. Something like that. Yeah. Somewhere not here. Somewhere warm. <laughs> and Warm? Uh, warm. I thought you said warn. I've got a throat chest thing going on, so if I sound nasally or wheezy. If I sound wheezy, I'm just fat. I was picking up stuff from Christmas, mm-hmm. on Christmas, so I'm like walking around the house picking up wrapping paper and children that I didn't know that I had and <laughs> yeah. things, and uh, I'm like, holy shit, I am wheezing. What is wrong with me? And I was like starting to get nervous, like wondering if like a lung could collapse on its own or something. And I realized, like, there was the dog right there. And it was, like, my old dumb dog that was, like, asleep and snoring. <laughs> For a minute, I really thought that it was me. Uh, do you ever... So you, you have pets. Do you ever, like, uh, stop breathing because you think that you're wheezing or something and then wait to see if you still hear it? That's the only time that I've ever had anything like that happen. No. See, like, sometimes I'll just be sitting there and I'm like, what is that? Am I... Am is, am I making that noise? And then I'll just like hold my breath and then I'll see here. I was like, Oh, it's like a cat snoring. I was, I, uh, Christmas podcast from a podcast that I listened to okay. came out and, uh, it's a super, super long podcast, five hours. Jesus. And, and, uh, they kept, they played Christmas music the whole time in the background, but it's very low. And it was only like in between people talking that you noticed it. So I kept like getting distracted. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, it's that Christmas music right there. <laughs> All right, never mind. I figured it out. 
it's panic inducing multiple times. Yeah. Are there children near? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I thought that I'd escape them. <laughs> okay. So, um, immediately just to get you filled in on the kind of movie you're going to be watching, we get a dog barking jump scare. Sure. And I got so annoyed just immediately. I'm like, fuck this. I'm so annoyed. Kind of in the first third, uh, they have the, the, females say death a lot she talks about death a lot just like casually not like she's obsessed with death but just show you know it's like not really like we're gonna die or something or anything like that um which i've found annoying it's like oh now yeah i get it mm-hmm. You're, someone's gonna die no that's cool. called foreshadowing <laughs> this is what we do when we write the cinema that was more like five shadowing we foreshadow we foreshadow too much um okay so they end up going on their honeymoon and they're out drinking and being slutty with themselves Mm -hmm. and uh cab drivers like i know where to take you to this awesome party for the cab driver they find a fortune teller a fortune teller uh who tells her that her lifeline is very short it wasn't that stereotypical no but that's Uh, really yeah i was uh my note here is uh, let me guess. Fortune teller says they're doomed, and then after the scene, I was like, "Yeah, close enough." Yeah, that's basically what happens. Yeah, and she whispered something in her ear. We never find out what that is. No, I mean basically, she said like, "You're the first or something, right? Or you're going to be the first, or he's coming through you." Basically, oh. he's saying you're going to fucking have the, one of the first antichrist because you're gonna. There's going to end up being a whole bunch of antichrists. Yeah. So cab driver, that, we we know that from the quote, the Bible quote at yes, the beginning. Yes. Um. So the cab driver insists on taking them. And this was a very uncomfortable scene because this woman makes it very, very clear. She has no interest in going anywhere else, Mm -hmm. let alone to somewhere where some cab driver is going to take them. Right. And he takes them through the most fucked up part of a fucked up island. Like seven different alleys. uh, And then through a cave inside of a building. (laughs) Yeah. And Basically. meanwhile, the husband is like, no, this totally seems legit. This seems legit. Um, yeah, this seems like a good time. You're fine. I'm here. The cab driver said it was going to be 20 minutes, so we've only been walking for 16. Yeah. I, I'm here. Right. I'm here. You've never heard a story about anyone going to a foreign country with a man and getting killed. <laughs> I'm here. I weigh 160 pounds. Yeah, he did at one point grab the camera away from the wedding and be like, I will always protect you. It's my solemn vow. I will always protect you. Yeah. Um, but this whole time, he's wearing the fucking clip-on button, right? So they have to introduce this camera. We've got a clip-on button. Yeah, the, the adventure cam, which uh, is the GoPro. Yeah, but... So he's wearing this, like I said, through the cab rides, through walking down the streets and shit. It's so frustrating. So they end up going to this... They do find this kick-ass party. Yeah. The raver. Uh, they meet other newlyweds. They end up getting knocked out. Mm-hmm. And then they... Knocked up. Knocked up by the devil. <laughs> yeah. And there's some sort of conjuring spell that happens. Mm-hmm. Floor glows and they end up in... Back in their hotel. Yeah. Back at home. And find out that they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then we get this side... It's not really a side story, but the, the plot point that... There are people that are infiltrating into their lives. They've set up cameras throughout their house. Their OB has been replaced by uh, a mysterious person mm-hmm. that are, 
I hate using the word Satanist because Satanists don't worship Satan, but they're real Satanists. Yeah, they're what people think are Satanists. Yeah, Satanists exactly. Are. So what are real people that actually worship Satan? Because there's got to be people out there that do, right? I mean, Satanists... Is there Satanists with a capital S and a little s, maybe? I mean, Satanists technically uh, worship Satan in the same way, I believe, that like a UU church worships Jesus. In that they say like Jesus is love, and uh, I think Satanists are more like. Uh, I think Satanists are just like, like we love ourselves, right? Above all else. But they still have like Baphomet and things like that. Like yeah. Their symbology. So, but who? It's people that just worship Satan. Yeah. They've got to exist. Probably. What are they? I, I don't know. Luci- Lucites. Luciferians. <laughs> I like that. We could probably get people to donate to Luciferians. Like if we, if we sold things, mm-hmm. uh, sold whatever, like on the street, right? Yeah. Like and live strong bands. Yeah, live strong for Luciferians. Yeah, I love this idea. <laughs> I love this idea so much. I could put it in our documentary. Oh, I love that. Um, I was recently reading a book. And they were they, these guys had this idea that they were going to try to fool this uh, this area into thinking that there was some shit going down, like they were going to create the Blair Witch character, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, they decided they were going to make crop circles and make an inverted cross. And the whole time, I'm just pissed off at this book. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, book? You can't make an inverted cross. <laughs> As a fucking crop it's circle, right? So they finally, the payoff though, is the two brothers get out there and like they're making it and they're like, wait a minute. It's, <laughs> nobody's going to know this is an invert cross. <laughs> All right, that's good. <laughs> it was like, I was so mad for the longest time because it's an author I really like too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And Just like draw a line under it like you do a nine or a six. Yeah, exactly. On a flashcard or whatever. And then in my head, I was thinking like, well, what if you put it in a triangle to try to orientate it <laughs> so you knew, but then is it at the base? If it's, at the... And uh, he got one over on me. Nice. Good job, Gord Rollo. Yeah. Got me. Uh, also Gord this... Rollo? Gord Rollo? R-O-L-L-O. Oh. I don't know who you're fucking talking about, but. R-O-L-L-O. What's that last name? Jello. R O L L O. Uh probably Rollo, Jello, Rollo. Yeah. Cord Rollo. Good. Uh also around this time they so they go to a, a baby store and there is randomly security footage, even though he has his camera on him. That so made me so two, fucking mad. Exactly. There's two separate shots of security footage that just show you exactly what you see through his perspective also, just from a higher angle. Yes. And they don't add anything. No. It's just black and white bullshit. It's just aesthetically the same type of of shots that you would get right. from... It, it's not a narrative feature thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, and it's a very small thing, I'm well aware of it, but they make no explanation what this movie is, Right. right? This isn't a found footage movie. Blair Witch, they literally found the footage, mm-hmm. right? Um, the next movie, Taking of Deborah Logan, says, like, look, we compiled this movie based off all available resources, basically. Right. It's a and they at least gave us that blah, blah, out blah, blah, or whatever, right? Yeah. This, however, and especially the way that Taking of Deborah Logan is edited, parts of it very much feel like a documentary. Mm-hmm. 
this doesn't give us any of that. So I'm like, where the fuck are they getting this video, the supermarket footage? Yeah. And yeah, the supermarket pissed me off too, because like there are like three shots of her doing nothing before the shot of her like eating raw meat. Yeah. And it has audio for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's, and it would have to be the best audio ever because you can like hear her opening the package. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to get, look, you should know the plight of getting good audio just based on what you listen to us do the first five episodes of this thing, okay? And throughout the rest of them also. <laughs> that is not a thing that you can do. There is no gun that you can shoot to get exactly wherever you want to do. Especially when the goal of the supermarket is just to get as much video of whatever. that Because they don't know what the exactly. hell they're going to want to record. Yeah. Anyway, going all the way back to they went and got the uh, went to the OB, right? Yeah. And they like gave him the picture, the same thing that everybody does. They gave him the picture of the little blob of black. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of this because I definitely got it too. I'd never say it to my wife. Yeah. All of those are this exact same fucking thing. I feel like they could just have a stack of them behind there that they don't <laughs> actually bother to print them for you yeah. and just give you the same one over and over yeah. or just to fuck with you. So nobody ever is going to walk away like, wait a minute, this isn't my black blob. This was my black blob. Yeah. They all look the same. And people, even less, I've complained already about people showing me pictures of their kids and shit. Mm-hmm. Where they're, I care less about seeing your black blob. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole, even sonogram photos that are like more along, like, I don't give a shit. It's, it's a black blob. Unless something with... is going bad and then I want to see it because <laughs> that might be fucked up. Okay. I'm not into that, but. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> If yeah, you got a unicorn. It's a it's like, like a fucking peanut a horn or something. Going, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, it's pointless. And I get and the doctors have to say that like the nurses and everything when they have to leave, right? They have to yeah. be like, yeah, it was another fucking black blob. I don't know why you guys are so excited. <laughs> Dumb bitch. Uh So, speaking of doctor's office, there's a shot, there's a uh time when they go to the doctor's office. And it's this is the first or second time they're at the replacement doctor, and uh, they're like going to do the ultrasound, and then she has to throw up, so he sets the camera down, right? And then leaves it recording, strategically placed exactly where it needs to be. Right. So he sets the camera down, and they're talking. Whatever. I it's bullshit, but I get it. Then they go to do to get the, some amniotic fluid. And the doctor literally wheels the camera into a better position for <laughs> the fucking shot. And I was like, fuck you, movie. Um, the other frustrating thing with that is I can't imagine any doctor would allow you to record any type of a procedure, even if it's just a sonogram or something. Mm. Sonogram ultrasound. Definitely not a fucking yanking fluid out. Like, if they fuck something up, that's got to be a legal and uh, insurance concern. They don't want that on video. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know that there's any way they could, like... I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of ways they could stop you. I don't know if there's any reason why they necessarily would. I guess, you know, if there's a malpractice involved, having a camera there isn't the best for them. But then again, having, having a camera in there, as far as the court of law goes... It's pretty much just as good as having a dude in there. And they let dudes in there. Mm. 
Okay. Seems questionable. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Businesses cannot tell you to record Can for various reasons. Yeah. I would have to think that the hospital would do the same thing. I don't know. It's been a while since I was a doctor. Yeah. That was back in your rebellious youth. I did make a note right here because we know all we know how busy you are, like how hard it is for you to come up with time to do things. Mm-hmm. I made this note right here. 52 minutes into the movie, I had been watching this movie for over three hours. <laughs> what? 52 minutes into this movie. Oh, I heard the words. I had been watching this for over three hours because I had to pause to open up games. I had to pause <laughs> to get snacks. I had to pause to get gum. I had to do all of those shits. Mm-hmm. And that's how my life is. Uh, my life is... I woke up around 12.30 in the afternoon. I popped in this movie. Then uh, Arsenal had a match against Crystal Palace. I watched that. And then I watched the other movie. And then, and then, I, came, I, then I took a shower. And came I was here. up at like 5.30 that day that I brought the DVD over to you. And I was waited to text you until like, I don't know, 8.30 or 9. And then I was so nervous the whole time because like, I went out. And I was like, I need him to respond. I need him to respond. I need, so I send like a friendly like, hey, fella, if I'm out and about, if you can get me that address, which is really like, hey, are you up? I'm, I don't really want to wake you up, but maybe this text will wake you up at 1030 in the morning because I need you to get this. Next time, send in, just send you up an eggplant emoji and then I'll know what you're talking about. Okay, good, good. Um, so... There's cameras in hospital rooms. That's not a thing, right? You just we just went over this. No, 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 no. Oh, you the, yeah. The, the the cameras that belong to the hospital security cameras. Is that in this movie? Yes. Okay. That's not a thing, right? Uh, I would think not. Yeah, I would think not too. I know they do that a lot in the next movie. They do. And that was frustrating because I had written it down on this one. And I was like, I got to be fair to both and call them out on that. That doesn't seem like a thing. Um, so I really don't feel. So the the story is giving birth to the Antichrist. Uh, the family starts, the man and the woman start to feel like things are going odd mm. for them. Right. Towards the end of the film. Yeah. Like she's. Like, they're having weird symptoms, uh, and are we to the part where he finds the footage? Sure. Sure. So, he finds, he's, uh, oh, they go to communion, mm-hmm. uh, and the girl who previously had walked in on her while she was carving shit on the floor, she yelled at him, yelled at her, whatever, it's her first communion, and the priest who had married them is giving first communion to all these the children and then he like starts feeling weird and basically stares down devil lady and his nose starts bleeding and uh this is a thing where okay (laughs) i don't know if you noticed it but so his nose starts bleeding right Uh dude with the camera runs up and checks on him see if he's okay Cut to dude is still right beside his wife and his wife starts freaking out. Yes. How is that possible? Exactly. It's 
Yes. Yeah. Um, so then he ends up reviewing the video footage. Mm-hmm. And he sees what we saw, which is they got they passed out. And then there was this ritual performed in the ground glue. And... Well, he notices that the cab drivers in the audience for the communion. Yes. That makes him go back to the other one. And yeah. Yes. Um, so he realizes shit is going down. Then he starts, he finds out that there's cameras throughout the house. Does he? Yeah. Like he goes over and he's like, what is this? And presumably there's. But it's just the ash. Drywall holes or something, right? I feel like that was the ash. You just said it's like on all the windows and stuff. Because wasn't there something about uh, ash lets them pass through or okay. something? Yeah. Okay. I so thought I think he I went near the like camera a... and we're supposed to think that he's heading for the camera, but he actually heads for something that's right Okay. The I was like, this is that was drywall dust from the hole that they made or something. He comes home when they first saw him. He comes home and there's some there. But I think he says there's dust on every window and every door. Okay. Because he calls the police. Mm. And I think that's a ritual thing. I think that lets the spirits in or whatever. Okay. Uh, and there's a house across the street that... I think it's like down the road somewhere. somewhere. There's a, there's it's an, the Anderson house. The, the Anderson. We They say Andersons. I don't know either of our characters' names. And I know the Andersons is the house. <laughs> She's Sam. I don't remember his name. Don't remember. Um, but, okay, this house has been abandoned for years. Why is it the Anderson house? It's not the old Anderson house. It's the Anderson house. He's like, we checked up on the Anderson house. It's been abandoned for years. There was nothing in it. Like, what? <laughs> Why is it the Anderson house? <laughs> Why isn't it like, we checked that house you said. Yeah. Or we checked out that house that, on Cherry that Street. That old abandoned house. Yeah. Yeah, that abandoned house. It's you, been abandoned for years. That abandoned house you said was full of. I guess if and you called it, I guess if you called it the abandoned house, it probably wouldn't come as a surprise that nobody had been in it for years. <laughs> that it was abandoned. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the writing notes. Uh, we noticed that you, that you uh, did this. Here, all right. So now, what you want me to call it, like the Anderson house or something? Brilliant. Perfect. Love it. Good job, Miss Anderson. Okay. Um, this is an example. This feels like the story necessarily wasn't bad. Like the concept of each of those steps. Yeah. I don't know this at all but this feels like one of those ones because there was definitely a time period where it was like every movie movies would get greenlit if they could turn them into a found footage movie paranormal we're on paranormal activity one yeah this very much feels like that's what happened is i don't know that this is just spitballing Mm -hmm. but because everything seems so forced and trying to get that aesthetic in mind it was like it was built it was shoehorned into that concept as opposed to it being from the beginning did you know that the first paranormal activity is the highest grossing film of all time in terms of multiples of its budget uh i did did you know that i think the devil inside or devils do i'm still got them confused (laughs) one of them was the highest the most profitable movie of that year probably yeah and it's just because they don't cost shit to make i think paranormal activity costs twenty one thousand dollars yeah, something and it like made that. like a hundred ninety-four million or something. Yep, yep, something along those lines. Yeah. Um. So he ends up wearing the button camera mm-hmm. throughout the entire end of this movie. Yeah. Which is so frustrating. Like I know the idea is he doesn't necessarily even know that it's on or whatever. But it's so frustrating that this camera is even on and rolling right now. Yeah. Sure. As far as far as like, you know, 
I have much more issues with this movie and, and the next movie as far as why they have cameras on them. But, yeah. The fact that, like, there's a shot of him in the mirror putting it on. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, okay, I'll buy it. I don't care. Um, so the Antichrist is born. She cuts it out of her. Okay, so she has mind powers now. Yes. Some people find they cut to they cut to random people like frolicking in a park. Yeah. And then uh she's like eating a deer or something or cutting it up, performing some ritual on it, something. Which again, how did they get that footage from these random people? Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> it just it's like you can have the Bible quote at the beginning, just like the Deborah one just be like, Hey, we found this footage. Yes. Or, uh, you know, some peop- make up some people, and they were like, they read about this case and were very interested and assembled this footage. Boom. There you go. One sentence and I'm happier. <laughs> Not happy, but happier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... This is after she was in the supermarket eating raw hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just point to them. Just like, this guy right here was like, that chick's fucked up. Yeah. And he, like... Got curious. Yeah. Made this. Uh, assemble all this footage. Uh, I'm saying oh, a lot because I've forgotten. My, oh, she she's, she's eaten the deer. More than then, one deer. She has killed at least two deer. Yeah. And is consuming them. And then we find out she has mind powers. And she kills all three of those people. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she like mind pins the dude up against the wall while she cuts the baby out of herself. Yes. With a special knife she got anonymously at her shower. Hidden in a silver baby rattle. Cut to same cab driver in France mm-hmm. taking another newlywed couple to a super cool hangout. Yeah. Does this only work on newlyweds? I guess. Like, apparently. like. I mean, newlyweds are good farming material for Antichrist, I guess. Because it wouldn't be out of the ordinary that they got pregnant on their honeymoon. Yeah. Wouldn't uh, like a fertility place also work? <laughs> I guess. Like, just throwing that out just, there. Just sprinkle some uh, Satan in each of the little sperm vials. Yeah, exactly. And... Or just replace it all with a little Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this movie pisses me off the whole time in the fact that it is being recorded and is a movie. That is my final thoughts on Devil's Do. It pissed me off some of the time, but mostly it was just, eh, whatever. I do like the concept, and I'm pissed off that the movie isn't didn't execute the concept well. Yeah, I think the filmmaking is way worse than the concept is. And you sent me their viral yeah. viral marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I know we never got to see that baby. They made no. a whole devil baby. <laughs> yes. Just for the viral marketing campaign that's yep. not in the goddamn movie. Imagine how pissed off you would be if you saw that viral marketing campaign and then went and watched this. Yeah. I would be so mad. So what it is is they they created uh, a remote control trolley, like a baby carriage, stroller, tram, and uh, pram, pram, and. Uh, and like this, I have to push the pram a lot. And it's like this mechanical little fucked up looking devil-y style baby. Like not necessarily devil, like not red and not with horns, but definitely looks a little fucked up, right? Yeah, certainly. It's like 
the less grotesque version of the It's Alive Baby, right? Like... It's like a miniature... Remember the baby from Chasing Sleep? Sure. It's like a little version of the baby from Chasing Sleep. It's like a baby Chucky. Yeah. But uh, it's great because like people are like, what the fuck? Why is there this this pram sitting here by itself? Let me walk up to it and check on this baby. It's like New York or L.A. There's no one says pram. <laughs> so it it's a, a stroller. It was a bassinet stroller or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it just kept scaring the shit out of people because it would pop up and look around. And then there was moments where it was just like up and like driving around. Like giving ja- people the finger. Like jackass style. Like giving yeah. people the finger and like... Yeah, it was enjoyable, but yeah. I would be super pissed if I saw that and was like, let's go see Devil's Do, and then I got this. <laughs> yeah. I want to give the people that made that viral video more money to make another movie <laughs> instead of the people that did Devil's Do. Just base our movie around this device you made. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. Um, anything else for Devil's Do? Yeah. Good. I have... I've expressed all my feelings. Have I have I told about when I found out that I was my wife was pregnant? I don't think so. Um so the first time uh she I was like upstairs, so this will date it. I'm upstairs and I was working diligently to put hundreds of CDs on my iPod. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah, so I mean my son's 8, so 9 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I just kept feeding disc after disc after disc into my computer. Then I went downstairs and she was like, Russ, I'm pregnant. And I hugged her and then I went upstairs and continued doing my CD thing. (laughs) (laughs) That is so Russ. That is... That was like, she still makes fun of me, but that was definitely me like silently freaking out as well. Like... It was me if I just keep doing it, it's, it's not real. <laughs> and the the uh, the second time, like she, her, and my son, who was four at the time, probably brought me uh, lunch at work, which didn't normally happen. Mm-hmm. So we go sit, and uh, you know we're there, and she, I could tell she had a a box or a bag or something. I didn't pay particularly close attention to it at all. So we ate the meal that they brought, and then she pulls a cake out, and my four-year-old is like, it says you're the best dad ever. And I look at the cake, and it says, thanks for knocking me up on it. <laughs> and of course, I didn't want to, because you don't know if anything's going to happen. We know we didn't tell anybody that she was pregnant for either pregnancy until we got through the first trimester, because you never know. Right. Um, especially a four-year-old. You don't want to explain, like, well, this is what a miscarriage is. <laughs> four-year-old yeah um so uh yeah i had to like sit there and be like mm-hmm, it says you're the best daddy ever as my wife and i are like having this silent conversation with our eyes like are you serious yeah i'm serious <laughs> holy shit holy shit <laughs> yep so second one went a little bit over yeah, a little that's, bit that's better a way than, better story than, than, <laughs> than the first one uh, okay let's just give you a little Hagaruni, and then I'm gonna okay. head back yep. upstairs. Go upstairs and hang out with Dave Matthews. <laughs> Got to put under <laughs> under the table in dreaming is where I'm at right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. pregnancy. 
taking him Deborah Logan. Uh, so a woman with Alzheimer's uh, is possessed by a serial killer demon thing. They get them out. That's it. Got it. Overall thoughts. Uh, much better than Devils do. Uh, it was it was interesting. I enjoyed the. Enjoyed is a weird word. I I appreciated their explanation for the the found footage, and I feel like that was believable. Like I said, there are definitely parts in this movie where you should have put down the damn camera. Um, but yeah, overall, much better. Cool. Um, I really love taking of Deborah Logan. I think this is an example of of really not only doing found footage well but a movie in general really well for a lot of different reasons we'll get into details about. Okay. That's my overall thoughts. Um, the very first thing I want to talk about, all right, so you said kind of the premise, hey, we're making a documentary, where this movie is culminated is a combination of documentary, security camera footage, all of this shit, mm-hmm. so get off our backs, I explained it. Yeah. This is what the movie's saying. And then we're introduced to our crew of three people that are going to be making a documentary, Predominantly about uh, a woman, Deborah Logan, mm-hmm. and her daughter Sarah, about yeah. battling Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. This and, is her thesis film. Yes, and immediately, what I want to talk about is the is the casting in this movie. How great they did casting these people, and how great the individual people did in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a young Asian woman who is our lead, or isn't really the lead, but she's the leader of this group. This is her thesis film. Correct. How many karate jokes do we get? Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Zero. Zero. <laughs> you get where I'm going with that. The fact that she's Asian has nothing to do with anything. It's true. And I love that. It doesn't happen because it. I point that out when it does. I guess because we do it doesn't... have to point that out because it is... There is so much whitewashing going on, and there aren't a lot of good roles for. There aren't a lot of roles for Asian people that aren't just like Asian history movies. Yes, exactly. Um, it's you were talking about Elf, right? Peter Dinklage is an Elf. You know why he's in that movie? Is it because I guess he does get called an Elf? That's the whole point. That's the whole reason he's in the movie mm. is because he's a little person. I guess that's a bad example. Yeah, you need my bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> to hold the to hold that up as the equal rights yeah thing, um, but anyway, so that's I feel like uh, her other two sidekicks are a little bit more generic, but mm-hmm. they do fine, okay. But mostly, I want to talk about Deborah and Sarah. Sure, these two women are fucking awesome. So you get Deborah Logan is a woman in her sixties to eighties, maybe the one twelves. <laughs> I would say she's probably in her late 60s. So she's she's an older woman, um, rail thin, and fucking commits to this movie. Like, she has nudity in this movie, and that's awesome that she had the balls to do that. Um, And then her daughter, um, character of Sarah, I think knocks it out of the park as well. Mm -hmm. And here we get, like, a believable woman um, 
who is a lesbian, that they don't beat over our heads with this fact. It is part of her character Mm -hmm. in these tweaks that you get as it comes out. Like her, her mom refers to her as her lady friend and things like that. And then you kind of see who this person is and it all completely comes organically and it isn't beating over the head. It isn't to the scene at all from it follows that you criticize me for liking where they're laying everything out and puking it out. If you, what? There aren't really, there isn't an exposition dump in this movie. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm. <laughs> I just found it weird that you brought that up. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that like, uh, as we get further into the movie, you see that her girlfriend is the sheriff, right? And you pick up on those things, but it isn't necessarily relevant to the movie. Um, and they're not beating it over your head. You're, you're finding things out naturally as things progress. I must have missed that. I didn't realize that her girlfriend was the sheriff. Oh, yeah. Her girlfriend's the sheriff. Okay. So, um, like, she, there's a bunch of things, re, little little twinges of that. So, like, when she comes to her house the first time, she says, like, how's Deb doing? Word around town does she's not doing good or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And if you remember, Sarah had said she didn't tell her girlfriend about it because she didn't want her to worry. Right. I just thought that was a small town thing. Um, Having grown up in a small town. And you do it first, right? But then throughout, there's other hints that that's happening, okay? And then there's moments, like when things start to go down um, towards the end, Mm -hmm. she starts like yelling her first name and things, getting much, much more upset. And she's like, I'll call you. And there's like just a back rub or whatever that... The sheer fact that you missed that makes me even happier that you could f- see that on a second viewing and you realize that there's another level to what's happening is yeah. because, you know, you get to the climax and this is the woman's girlfriend mm-hmm. chasing after her mom yeah. with a gun. Yeah. Right. That makes more sense. Um, So that was my big first note is I wanted to just talk about casting. Do you disagree with anything that I said? No, certainly not. I, um, I've always loved... Uh, and what's her face that plays uh, Sarah, you know, from her Mad About You days and League of Her Own and all that. I don't recognize her at all. I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else. Really? Really. I mean, she's, I, I mean, she's a character actress. I don't think so. She's not like leading lady in anything, yeah. but yeah, she's, she's definitely been in a lot of things. She was the only person in this movie that I did recognize. Yeah, I didn't recognize anybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, have you ever dealt with Alzheimer's? Never. Nope. Um, so my great-grandmother on my grandfather's side, my grandfather's mother. Really hoping that there's a hilarious payoff to this, because this does not sound like the funnies are coming. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> she had Alzheimer's. And so just, like, seeing that, like, having... Because my grandma babysat me, my grandma went and looked uh, looked in on my great grandma other every day, so I got a firsthand account. Like I got to see it happen. Luckily, I was younger. I was probably like six, seven, eight. Um, but yeah, it was. It started off. We would go there, and you know, she would forget things she you know um there there would be like evidence of her forgetting stuff like not really like 
luckily you never burned down the house, like leave anything on the stove or something like that. But there would be like a meal in the microwave that was heated and left or whatever or something like that. And, but then, you know, by the end you get there and like, she looks at you like she's never seen you before. She looked at my grandmother who like, you know, she'd spent years and years with, like she'd never seen her before. And, uh, yeah, it sucks. It's a really terrible, horrible thing that runs my family, and I hope that I never, ever get. <laughs> do, 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 do. Boo! So I feel like the movie does a really good job of conveying that, because even before like the horror movie in the starts, it's kind of a shitty feeling movie. Like It's kind of a, a movie where you're dealing with a topic that, that people don't want to address, right? Because it's dealing with it as a documentary about something that people don't want to address. Mm-hmm. So she says that. She said, I'd have a quote-unquote senior moment where I'd forget and leave a burner on, right? Which is very right. real. That's like a stereotype of what happens mm-hmm. with this problem. And I think that they do a great job of putting that emotion behind it. You get a motivation for all of the characters involved, why they're there. The reason why Sarah and Deborah have agreed to it is because they're getting money in order to do this and they need to be able to keep their house. Right. They're going to have, you know, they're kind of at the end of their, their options and they're dealing with something bad and they're and they're you know, they don't go through the altruistic thing and that they're trying to do it for other people. They're like, I need the fucking money. Yeah. In order to pay for these bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a real answer. And they're really dealing with something that is heartbreaking. Yeah. It, it, everything about the setup to this movie feels really real. Um, from the crew who kind of doesn't give a shit, but goes along with it. You know, um, they don't seem like he makes a, does this town have a Starbucks reference, but he doesn't, he doesn't act all like, city folk yeah like no, no, typical no. movie city folk no it's he, just like you know he's... He, he tries to be polite mm-hmm. right he doesn't really care but he cares enough that he doesn't want to upset other people he's not coming in trying to be a jerk right right he, he's apathetic but he's respectful you know um, and he's he tries um, maybe my favorite scene in this movie is when they uh introduce them to like their bedroom and it's just like a shitty mattress on a floor and an air mattress that's deflated and he's like basically like what the fuck is this uh but not out like inwardly yes and says you know just kind of is this wherever and then sarah walks over and like whispers in his ear say thank you because her mom his her mom uh you know lots of please and thank yous yes you know be very gracious and then like he says thank you and then he goes out of his way to say thank you again Mm mm-hmm Later, and I was like, that felt like a really real moment that you do totally have to do around people with Alzheimer's. That you you do have to do their routines, and you do have like it sucks, but you have to. There are triggers, and there are things that upset them, and you have to tiptoe around them sometimes. Yeah, and he he wasn't happy necessarily, but he still wasn't going to make the huge deal about it because right. it wasn't he's going to be he's going to wait till the door's closed and he's going to bitch to his other crew guy about mm-hmm. it, but he's not going to yeah, it, it yeah. feels very real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so this is a thing that happens in movies and I don't know if this is this happens in real life where they said this is Sarah's old room. We haven't messed with anything since she moved out. Mm-hmm. That happens in every movie. Like where the kid goes off to college and they don't touch it? One of two things. Either they don't touch it like the kid died or it's their exercise room. Like 
Those are the two things. But does that happen in real life? Because I feel like when people move to college or move away, when you moved out for the first time, you ransacked that room, right? Didn't you take all of those things? If you had posters that you had hung on the wall, you wanted those for your new place, or you had dresser, you needed it for your new place. Um, I think a lot of people go off to to dorms and things like that. Yeah, but then stay local, but but even at the college thing, once you move out, that's the shit you take with you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that it happens sometimes, but I feel like the ratio of times it happens in the movies to times it happens in real life. Like I've moved. You know, there's a whole, what, five-year period or whatever where you and all of your friends are moving out to different places, and every single one of them was the same thing. It's like you're, anything that your parents will possibly let you take, mm-hmm. you were taking. Like I mean, it's not nailed down, you take. Exactly, yeah. Just they're like, why don't I have a microwave anymore? And they're like, yeah, I took that from my apartment. <laughs> I yeah. thought you might need a new one, so you can go buy yourself one because I just took the microwave. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's just... The ratio is way off in movies yeah. compared to real life with those things. Especially in this, which is small town, not a lot of money. Like She would have taken that dresser. Yeah. She would have taken that dresser. It was yeah. uh, odd. Um, again, it was, she was really into cars, you know, because she's a big honking lesbo. <laughs> that is not what this movie says at all. I mean, they lay it out. They definitely lay it out. But but you say that, but they don't they don't say big honking no. lesbos. They say, "I'm not a girly girl. I liked cars." She references her as her lady friend, so you can almost just just by use, her using her using the word yeah because the lady mom's friend in denial yeah yeah just because she uses the word lady friend like you kind of get like all right this is off limits. She loves her daughter, but she's not necessarily going to address that directly. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing she wants to be directly like you feel like you get that whole backstory in that one word like she loves her but she's probably a little disappointed in exactly how she turned out because she wanted you know like a girly girl she she references at one point like oh look how pretty she is and look how she dresses referencing the uh the the documentarian the the female there um and she tries to get her to take off her jacket right right because you know you look better without the jacket and and so manly it's like is that your dad's shirt this is my least favorite shirt, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which, again, is not even just getting rid of the lesbian thing. That's just like a mother-daughter, like, yeah. nitpicky relationship. Yeah. Um, we meet uh, the main, Deborah Logan's main Alzheimer's doctor. And uh, it reminded me, so this is, a, she's an Indian woman, right? Mm-hmm. And during, like, uh, it was my, like, hernia surgery or something. The uh, I might have told this story, but I'm going to do it again anyway. Um, like the guy came in, he's like, Hey, I'm from anesthesia. Just wanted to see how you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. He's talking to me and he leaves. And my wife looks at me like, gives me this face. And I'm like, Holy shit. Do I have a white anesthesiologist? She's like, I think so. And I'm like, should we leave? And she's like, we might need to, what the hell's going on? And then, and then luckily 10 minutes later, like this Indian guy with a super thick accent came in. He's like, Oh yeah, I think, uh, Dan, uh, my assistant came and already talked to you, but I'm your doctor. And my <laughs> wife and I were both like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't want some white doctor working on me. <laughs> he had no idea what he was doing. His name was Dan. I don't want to fucking talk to Dan giving me anesthesia. I will it's, never. It's w- Dr. Dan. <laughs> it's assistant Dr. Dan. <laughs> totally serious question. ADD. Totally serious question. Why is that ratio so off? Like, it really doesn't feel like a stereotype. 
that there are so many like Indian and Asian doctors? Anest- specifically anesthesiologists. Oh, I don't know. It's crazy. Like, are there any doctors left in India? <laughs> um, Obviously there are. Yeah. But I'm saying, do they just get like the, I think the that's flunkies? Just an immig- I think that's just an immig- a lot of immigrant things in general is that I'm going to move here, bust my ass, doing what the fuck ever. And then I want my kid to have the American dream, so he's gonna be go into the richest uh, possible fields, you know, being either doctor, lawyer, whatever. <coughs> Do you know the the name Patel? Do you know what that means at all? Uh, kneecap. Does that mean anything to you? So Patel uh, is if you look at night. Don't quote me on this number, but it's literally like ninety percent. Of hotels, they're owned by someone named Patel. Okay. Uh, and they, the joke. Sure my, my, my grandma's kidney doctor was Dr. Patel. Okay. Um, but, but the joke is it's the Patel Hotel Motel Cartel because there's the ratio is so high. And it really is true. And a lot of that that goes back to is like somebody's last name would be like blacksmith, but Patel would mean like innkeeper or whatever. Mm hmm. But yeah, that's a totally real thing. Like if you, I'm sure I'm sure that's eliminating like the holiday. Like if you go blacksmith, innkeeper. Like if you were blacksmith, they'd be smith. Patel would innkeeper. That's how you would properly do that, I believe. Okay, you know it's a different language, right? Yes. Okay, just like how in our language, if you were blacksmith, you would get the name smith. There in theirs, innkeeper Patel is innkeeper, so we get Patel. Mm-hmm. Yep. I believe the way you said it before was slightly confusing. I feel like it made sense to me because I knew what I was saying. Yep. You were in on your train of thought. <laughs> I was listening to myself. Uh, See, I don't do that. So. We haven't even talked about the movie yet. Go ahead. Do it. Talk about the movie. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you the thing that happens throughout this whole movie that pisses me off the whole time anytime there's video static it's not video static it's walkie-talkie static it sounds like walkie-talkie static instead of video static and it it grated on my ears every time because that's not it's not what it should sound like and it's way louder than it should be i'll buy that that was the the big thing that pissed me off in this movie that's fair i will give that to you (laughs) thanks you're welcome (laughs) why does this feel adversarial critique accepted because I think I have more positive feelings about about this movie than you do. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I wrote uh, in three minutes. Uh, you feel for all of them. The baking scene. What is that? I don't remember that. The baking scene. Oh, uh, when she bakes a pineapple upside down cake. Oh that yeah, sucks. Yeah, it sucks, and everybody tells her it was good. like even the kind of the guy that we were saying yeah. doesn't give a shit. He's still polite and tells her it's good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's rehashing. That was my moment. I think when you had the moment with the the bedroom, mm-hmm. I had the moment with the pineapple upside down cake. Yeah. I just said pineapple upside down cake. Mm-hmm. I, I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm sure our audience is as well. Uh, um, okay, so she starts to go downhill kind of quickly, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so her Alzheimer's is is getting worse they find her outside and she's digging holes 
in the ground outside. Right. Um, she starts nailing windows shut. Uh, and then the big what the fuck moment, the first one that we have is she like vomits up a whole bunch of earthworms. That's the end of the movie. That's like two thirds of the way into the movie. Okay, never mind, Smarty. What's the first one we have? So she goes out to, she keeps like getting up in the middle of the night. Um, she pulls off her neck. She starts pulling off her neck at one point. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so like self harm and everything, but the big one is that. So they have like security cameras set up, and they have one in her room, and she like wakes up in the middle of the night. After there was a big incident where uh, she got violent because she thinks that thank you guy stole her spade. Yes. Yes. Uh, so then the next night is when she wakes up, and they find out they dig all that she's. They find her out there digging a bunch of holes and shit. But then they go through the footage from the night, and she, like, teleported on top of the stove. Yes. Um, But this is done in such a way that there's still, I still feel like people are justified for not necessarily buying it. Because this is security footage, right? It looks like she just teleports. But you also are watching this feeling like there's obviously a problem with the video because it's so quick. But they go out of their way to talk about the time code, how it's consistent. Yes. But they're, but they're talking, but that's my point is they're still not necessarily buying They're in their minds. They don't think she literally teleported up. Well, they say like, Oh, well, she, there had to be a chair. And they're like, where the fuck's the chair? You know? But I think that's, I feel the way I felt about that was the same way you and I would feel if we were watching that in real life, or if we pulled up a UFO video or a, a Bigfoot video, we would be like, it looks like it's Bigfoot, but obviously there's no fucking way it's Bigfoot. Like, if but you, it's different if, it's the, having, we shot it ourselves. If we shot a UFO video, it's different than if we watch a YouTube UFO video. Okay, but you still wouldn't think that something was wrong with the video or something didn't add up? The most re- plausible experience, obviously, is that there's something wrong with the equipment or something. Exactly. So my point that I'm making is... I still feel like it would be believable that they would continue moving forward and they weren't going to get freaked out there. If I saw that happening, I would not think that the, the devil was taking over this woman. It's still weird. A that she's on top of the stove. B the fact to me, the fact that they keep yelling about the time code being unbroken and everything. And the fact that, later on they're they're not freaking out more like this is this is a freaky occurrence and i could buy them chalking it up to some sort of error or something but tell me that like have someone make a plausible argument that says you know it was probably just uh an error in the recording or something but they I f- don't I they, feel- all they do is they talk about the time code every and then they're like hey look at this look at this you like it's an unbroken time code. They get the daughter and say, hey, it's an unbroken time code. So they're all super curious as to what it is. Yeah, but then they discount it. And they and see so- it, but they don't. They don't They don't ever, like, put the blanket on it, put the wet blanket on it. They, it's, it's a fire that, that's there, and then they just seem to ignore it. Because then when they confront uh, the the mother about it, they are more they confront her more about the her digging holes and stuff and then later on she she says you know oh it's 
I don't remember climbing up on the stove or whatever. So obviously they told her, but the, that's not the, the bulk of anything. So like later when, when he goes to put the cross on the window and then she appears right beside him and then the window goes up and he's, he's like pointing out to her, look, the window was shut and then now it's open and I don't buy the fact that the documentarian would just be like, well, it was a draft or something. Because A, she's getting her PhD thesis. She's she's somewhat smart, you know? And B, she also was in on that time code thing. But here's the thing. What would it take for you to go from being a non-believer to a believer? I feel like you would dismiss an open window and a time code thing before you would be jumping onto something paranormal. In real life, a, you would dismiss that before you would be jumping onto that. I I would want good evidence, right? And I would have to trust the evidence. But I'm not those characters. Those characters are those characters, and I don't buy how they freaked out about the time code and then no one dismissed it. And then later, in addition to the time code and all the weird shit they've seen her do, the window thing isn't as big a deal for anyone but thank you, guy. The sheer fact, however. All right, so that brings it up. So thank you, guy. Fucking bails at this point. Well, he doubles his rate and then he bails at the next one. I don't remember yes. what the next. Oh, the next event was a switchboard event, I believe. Yes. So. That in and of itself is something that you want to see happen in these films, right? Like something fucked up is going on here. I'm getting the hell out of here. And that ends up happening twice in this movie that two of our filmmakers are like, I'm fucking done with this. I'm not doing this anymore. Who's the second one? The camera guy. When does he do that? He has to take the, he, the last we hear of him is he's taking the sergeant down the hill. Yeah. And he says, you need to come with me. I'm done with this shit or whatever. So he was going to be done anyway. He was, he was glad to be out of this and he was trying to get her. I think he to just didn't want well. her to chase after the escapee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, but at least what the, the sheer fact that thank you guy fucking bails and lives obviously is more than you get in the majority of these because that is a real thing. If you're freaked out, things are going poorly. First of all, you throw more money at it and you're going to feel better about it. If you don't want to do something and you get compensated more, you're going to stay. Um, mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter because he gets that freaked out. Um, right. So, so I think that's, that is believable from his character. Yep. It's, Everyone else's character. It's the the camera guy and the thesis lady character that neither of them dismissed the, the stove thing, which is why I find they're dismissing the other things weird. Um, so you referenced the scene with the uh, circuit breakers. The switchboards. Switchboards. I knew that wasn't the right word. I couldn't come up with switchboards. So I was doing this move. It's, uh, it's, it's also yeah, that my, works great on the audio podcast. Yeah, it's also my sideways milk and a goat. Yeah, it's a switchboard. It's one board. Uh, so she's naked, mm-hmm. and she's just frantically 
switchboarding. Just one number, though. Over and over and over. Right. And this is where, this is number two movie pissing me off thing. Is that when they go and get her, there's the jump scare of her screaming or whatever. But then they flash like a super scary face on the at on the film. And that I thought was stupid. I did not like that. Yeah, it takes out a piece of it. It it makes it an internet video or something. Yep. Yep. Like if your scare isn't good enough, then your scare isn't good enough. And I feel like that would have been fine. That would have been a fine enough scare. Yeah, no, it's fine. You didn't need to reduce yourself by adding that extra piece in there yeah yeah um so they bail she ends up back at the hospital right well first the they they you know she's in three seven well yeah she's in the hospital and they're deducing three seven three what does that mean they find her old logbook of all the switch switch things that she did and Somehow they know it's year seventy one, seventy two, uh, and they look and everything with page three seventy three is missing, but they do the old charcoal uh, indentation trick. Yep, and find There's the a, name H. Dehepehu. So there was a pediatrician that killed four girls. Henri Dehepehu. <laughs> I don't remember his last name at all. Uh, but I just remember it starts with D. DJ killed four girls um, and we end up learning that the mother was the one that was in charge of relaying all the information because we found out she was an important person mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. She this covered up adultery earlier. and things like that. Yep. So she ended up finding out who the killer was um, and they think that the neighbor who's sort of courting the mother um, may have been the one that killed her. Sorry, killed him, the pediatrician. Mm-hmm. Um, drunk guy shows up shooting up the uh, the place. Yeah. And uh, ends up back at the hospital with Deborah Logan, who's in restraints because she's going south very quickly, correct? She's in restraints because she stole a child. Um, in Yeah, in the hospital. She took a hospital... Uh, uh, a child and they kind of went for a little little stroll throughout the hospital. Yeah, and then they they blair witched. Staring at a wall. Yep. In like a cooler or boiler room or something. I don't know, some weird Yeah, it was a very very weird place. The, gut, the guts of the hospital for sure. Yeah. Um so they end up getting all this together. They realized, all right, something's going on with mom. This is more than just Alzheimer's. This has to do with this pediatrician. We think the neighbor killed him. Let's see what we can find. Uh, and they find uh, he ends up going to the hospital and ends up on his deathbed. What are you giggling? Because this is, this, is uh, this is where your uh, security cameras in the hospital room come into play. Is that he he lets her out of her restraints mm-hmm. and uh, then tries and to she, kill. she says kill me and so he tries to kill her and uh, the TV flies off the wall and hits him in the yes. back of the head uh, and on his deathbed he tells Sarah it was 
uh, your mother and I, we killed him. He's buried in the backyard in well, this spot. Sarah was going to be the fifth victim. Yes. Uh, and so she killed him to stop that. Yes. Um, and buried him in the backyard under an angel statue. So they go dig up the statue, dig up under the statue, um, find the spade. So she's already moved him. Mm-hmm. End up finding it in the attic. Yeah. And they attempt to burn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it turns into a bag of snakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they light it on fire and it explodes. And this is where nobody drops the camera. In fact, at one point, the guy who's holding the camera falls down and picks back up the camera when he's running for his life. And that's what that's that's poopy. Um, this instance right there, I will agree with you, but as we progress further into it, when it, things really start to get shitty, um, they're using the camera for light would be yes. my argument. So I, I'm not disagreeing you about this moment, but I wanted to make sure you weren't talking about like the whole third act. No. Okay. I'm not. Okay. Good. I was talking about this moment. Good. Because my, my head. the moment. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so they end up deciding they have to take him, um, to this certain place to well, do it. No, they... Well, I don't know if they decided that. That's when their phone rings and she escaped. She escaped again. With so they just take the dead body and throw it in the trunk. Yeah. So uh, she escaped again with the little girl again. I guess it's in her backpack or something. Yeah. So they escaped with the Deborah Logan. This time she uh, chewed on a guard's neck. Yep. And he was being treated for a snake bite. So they were giving him anti-venom. I thought it said it went on anaphylactic shock. Yeah, be because of a snake bite. Okay. Yep. Um, so the the whole uh, pediatrician lore is very much entwined with snakes, right? So the the whole idea of the the bag of the body turning into snakes wasn't just because snakes are spooky and that's a spooky cliche. It's in, ingrained with that. So you've gotten that. You've gotten her. She. Uh, here she spits into the face of a police officer when they confront her mm-hmm. uh, and it burns like the, a spitting cobra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up left with our filmmaker, Sarah, and the sheriff, Sarah's girlfriend, going into this cave system to try to find her. Yeah. To find Deborah and this little girl. Going into to mines, yeah. And... Yeah, the sheriff immediately dies. Yeah, pretty quickly dead. Yeah. Uh, And when you hear that, like you hear her screaming whatever the sheriff's first name is, it is more emotional because you know this was her girlfriend, but now she... Or you're like me, you don't know. And and she has to, to, at this point too, Sarah and the documentarian up until this point have been like, where's mom, where's mom? But now that Sarah is seeing that she's killing other people... It turns to, like, she loads a gun at one point. This girl is going after her mom with a gun because she knows if she has to choose, she's going to take her mom down to save this little girl. Like, Mm -hmm. there's this turn that happens. Because even up to this point, everybody has very much had Deborah Logan's best interest in mind. Yeah. Um, The documentary crew, they want her to get better. They're concerned about her and the daughter. But at this moment... It's not about that. It's about the little girl. 
And she goes deeper into the cave. And what does she find? Uh, her mom chomping on the little girl's head. Yeah. <laughs> with a serpent mouth. Yeah. Thoughts on this shot? Uh, <coughs> it was weird. Oh, you were underselling this hard, man. That was a you, fucking you asked for awesome my thoughts. shot. You awesome I shot. I thought it looked dumb. No, no, you were insane. So this is her serpent mouth, like when she lets go of the kid and she's like, ah, that's kind of cool. But her like eating the child, I thought looked super dumb. No, okay. Do not listen to Justin. <laughs> this this movie this movie is building up a hundred percent until this point. There may have been some um, slightly there's been nothing that that has been any kind of monstrous or inhuman. There may be things that are paranormal with somebody um, doing something that they shouldn't have been or by, you know, bouncing up on the, the countertop or what have you. But the moment when all of a sudden it turns into a monster movie is an incredible shot that you would not see coming at all. And you should be shocked if you have a soul. Or it's the end of science. <laughs> It's not the end of science at the slightest. Um, no. And this, this is, even if you don't watch this movie, just watch this clip because it's all over YouTube. There were tons of people that were super pissed off because people just kept posting that image, spoiling that part mm. for people, which even if you're not excited about, you wouldn't want that spoiled. No, I'm not. I'm, um, I'm not soulless. Yeah. Um, well, obviously you are because you didn't like that. It looked dumb. No, not at all. She's She's like... Eating a little girl as a snake. It's dumb. No. Hold on. Let me calculate this. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong? Yeah. Okay. That's what my calculations came up with. (laughs) Okay. You like doing weird running man fingers (laughs) on your pad of paper there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. where that has all the answers there. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else are we missing here? The scan lines at the end. Why the fuck are those there? Yeah, I don't have an answer for that. It looked bad and dumb. And then the little girl's the next snake killer, probably. Yep. This is a movie. Every horror movie has to have that tag, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, for sure. Okay. It really does. It's a rule. It's a rule. I would have rather just seen it like being Deborah Logan's funeral or the something yeah i don't know um like or just like a shot of uh thank you guy being like fuck i told you <laughs> that's the end of the movie <laughs> told you so yeah just like or just like he wrote a, just give me like the animal house ending of just he went on to be a senator and blah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah no. overall thoughts uh better than devils do like it's fine um i wouldn't put up there with blair witch or chronicle in my book but i think it's a competent found footage movie um yeah good how many weeks could we do found footage before you would lose your mind in a row i don't know i don't i don't necessarily have a problem with found footage i find most of it is contrived and because they're doing that yeah i agree as schick instead of like the best way to tell the story yeah 
I agree. They're doing it because it's the cheapest way to tell the story instead of the best way no, to tell the story. No, you're absolutely right. That's why I feel... that's. There's a lot of reasons, but that's one of them is why I feel like taking Deborah Logan works is because the story is that there's a documentary film crew there. Right. I feel you like, could make that same movie, the exact same movie, without it being found footage. Right. And I feel like Blair Witch, that was the best way to tell that story. The coolest way to tell that story. Um, Chronicle, I don't know that that was necessarily the best way to tell that story, but the the way they use the found footage technique in the third act... I feel like because they had that piece, it it makes it a great way to, to tell that story. And cool. both of these, maybe not the best way to tell the story, but definitely not Devil's Due. Yeah. Uh, so we both agree taking Deborah Logan over yep, Devil's Due? Definitely. Good. Um, so we're through Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. What's our next holiday we got coming up? Our birthdays. Our birthdays are coming up. That's mm-hmm. right. Looking forward to that. They've mine's already happened when you're listening to this. I don't remember the timing of when this goes up to remember if yours has or not. Mm, I don't know. It's coming. Yeah. Cool. Excited? When are we what are we doing on our big gift exchange like like we did last year? Uh I don't know. Mm, Whenever, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you want to give me something, Russ. <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're through Christmas. We got Valentine's Day coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So. So, My Bloody Valentine 2. So, we've got, first movie. <laughs> uh, so, this is the perfect Valentine's movie, because, you know, it's got a lot of red on it. Uh, I can't. I'm a, is that a woman? I think or that's, just a very womanly man from the I 90s? I think it's a woman. Okay. So it's a woman with piercing blue eyes. Uh, but she's in, she's like in newspaper black and white kind of look. So it's real hard to tell that she is a woman. Uh, and there's a bunch of icicles around her. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. Better watch out! Exclamation point. Okay. So... We we don't do this that often in in what like I envisioned this segment being, which I've told you before, is like you say, I imagine there's gonna be a bat that comes out and it grabs it grabs a hold of an earthworm and then that earthworm turns into a chicken or whatever. Sure. You have seen Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. Mm-hmm. Garbage day. So, so tell me what we are going to see in Silent Night, Deadly Night Three. And based you know the, the story fact, of how two came to be. Based on the fact that there's a woman on there, I'm going to assume that it's basically Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, but with a woman this time. Okay. But remember, you already know something about Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 that I told you. That would mean I would remember that. Okay. You want me to tell you again? Sure. I told you Bill Mosley oh. is Ricky now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you got that knowledge in your so head. So that character is still in there. But is that that's not Bill Mosley on the cover? No, that's not. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is his long lost sister. Maybe <laughs> of the Ricky Bobby brothers. Okay. She kills people with icicles. Okay. Good. <laughs> maybe Those she's all like possibilities. Sexy Mrs. Claus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kills people. Okay. Good. Candy cane size. Those are those are all ideas. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, and second movie. Second movie. Um, is a personal personal gift to you, a little pre-birthday gift for you. Okay. Pre-birthday. Aw. Uh, bottom right. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Uh, one small leap for man, one giant leap of terror. It's Leprechaun 4 that in space. That's the worst tagline ever. It doesn't even like rhyme or is a pun or anything. It's a play on one small step for a man, one <laughs> giant know, leap for mankind. so bad. It should be one giant leap for Leprechaun kind or something. I think this is the only one that has, uh, I'm looking at the back, this is like a four film collection, which film collection both i don't know if those are the appropriate words there uh but leprechaun leprechaun 2 leprechaun 3 no taglines but leprechaun 4 colon in space that's how you know they were having great ideas at this point <laughs> and we're totally like yep we know how we're gonna what we're gonna do with this franchise do you know anything about the leprechaun movies have you seen any of them here's what i know about leprechaun the jennifer anderson story you've already told that's what I know about Leprechaun. Boom. See, when you say, I don't know if I've told the story before, but I'm going to tell it again, I don't stop you. If you know this that could, I have, then stop could, me. This could this could be someone's first ever episode of Remake Me. Go ahead. And then they wouldn't know. No, Go ahead. you've already ruined it. Oh, I'm not going to yeah, do it I now through it. your pity. I ruined it. You did. Because <laughs> I was just going to tell it organically. Mm-hmm. You literally asked me, what do I know about Leprechaun? And then stopped me before I could tell you what I know about Leprechaun. This is all true. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so fuck off. <coughs> and thank you. Okay. So what are we going to see on in Leprechaun 4 in space? Uh, it's <laughs> the moon landing here. Uh, it's in space, but it says the moon landing. It's very moon landing heavy. Uh, I'm going to assume that they're going to go to the moon and find either the Leprechaun is a... St- okay, I'm going to commit. The Leprechaun is a stowaway on a new expedition to the moon, Mm -hmm. and uh, they go there, and uh, they find out that this is where all Leprechauns are from, and so he's, like, more powerful on the moon than he ever was on Earth or in the hood. In this scenario, did they actually film on the moon? (laughs) It's the Uh, most expensive production ever. They filmed on the actual set... uh, where Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon that, landing. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. It's the only other movie that's filmed there. It's yeah. Leprechaun 4. Yep. Good. Uh, which, Ron Howard couldn't even get it for uh, Apollo 13. Yeah. Which, uh, I want, I've i not seen Apollo 13. Apollo uh, 13? No. That's a good-ass movie. You need um, to watch that movie. What, uh. I've also never seen Animal House, which you were referencing earlier, by the yeah. way. Or Die Hard. Or Rocky. Rocky 2. 3, 4, 5. You only need to watch the first four. Um, anyway, but I do know how they filmed the scenes in that, like the zero gravity scenes. Mm-hmm. And I want to see a documentary just about that. Like, I'm sure it's just a special feature or something on there, yeah. but I really want to watch that. It's uh, pretty awesome. At the time, we I think we've gotten better with parabolic flight in that you can go for about a minute. But I think at the time, they were, could only go for like 30 seconds. So it was basically like... You know, I'm going to call action, and as soon as you feel floaty, like, you fucking act your shit out. Yeah. And I'm sure they had to do, like, 
literally thousands of flights because most of that movie's in space, man. It. Uh, how bad would you feel if you got the giggles or something on that set? Yeah. Like you just spent like an hour getting ready to set up for the next shot and then mm-hmm. got the giggles. Yeah. And fucking Clint Howard's over there looking over your shoulder. <laughs> That would be scary. <laughs> Just in general, if Clint Howard was there. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen him? Uh, he was in Star Trek, like at like three or four years yeah, old. Yeah, he's, he's freaky looking. Bald and he, shit. He looks like he's still bald. He looks like uh, one of the kids with the the P word, the P disease, where you age really fast. Yeah. That's what he looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Progeria. Yeah, progeria. Boom. Nailed it. Um, so which one are you going to prefer, Justin? Leprechaun 4, Silent Night, and Deadly Night 3. I'm going to assume I'm definitely going to prefer Leprechaun 4. Okay. What else you got for us? Check the time code. It doesn't stop. 